0: turn, if you would, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1, St. Matthew chapter 1, reading verses 1 through 17. Please remember the uh, congregational meeting. Those of you who are joining us by live stream, you should have received a link on email of how to join by Zoom, and we would invite you, please, uh, to join in the meeting uh, through technology. Also, uh, uh, normally we have our Uh, newest uh, members to uh, stand and uh, shake people's hands as they come by, but in this uh, age of uh, social distancing, please at least uh, throw up your hand and wave at uh, Colleen and Jimmy uh, on your way out. They're conveniently located by the door most people go out nowadays. Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 1, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham, Abraham was the father of Isaac and Isaac, the father of Jacob and Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers and Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar and Perez, the father of Hezron and Hezron, the father of Ram and Ram, the father of Amminadab, and Aminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashan, the father of Salmon. And Salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David, the king. And David was the father of Solomon, by the wife of Uriah. And Solomon, the father of Rechoboam. And Rechoboam, the father of Abijah. And Abijah, the father of Asaph. And Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel. And Zerubbabel the father of Abiad and Abiab the father of Eliakim and Eliakim the father of Azor and Azor the father of Zadok and Zadok the father of Achim and Achim the father of Eliad. And Eliad, the father of Eliezer, and Eliezer, the father of Matan, and Matan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So, all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations and from the deportation to Babylon to Christ, 14 generations. And may God add his richest blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we're thankful that you have spoken to us by your holy word. We're thankful that your word is perfect, that it is living and active, that your word revives the soul. We pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would come and you would move through this place and that you would speak to us as only you can. That you would open our eyes, that we would see our Lord Jesus Christ high and lifted up. That you would open our ears, that the sheep would hear the voice of their good shepherd and know him and follow him. We pray you would speak through your servant. Help him to be well aware and keenly conscious of the fact that he's a dying man preaching to dying people. Drive back the opposing power and speak, Lord, in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. Jesus, the Son of Of David. I always have a difficult time changing gears at the holidays. 50 years ago, Reggie Jackson became known as Mr. October because of his heroics during the baseball postseason. He thrived during the special games. This year Randy Rosarina of Tampa Bay earned the title of Mr. October in my mind. But as far as the ministry goes, I am no Mr. December. Now I'm not Scrooge or the Grinch. I don't think so. Maybe you do, I don't know, but I like Christmas. I just like to keep forcing the march through straight through books of the Bible, and I don't like to be interrupted from what I'm doing. But we've been working through 1 Samuel for several months now. We've been studying the life, so far the young life of David, the great king of Israel. So to keep things in line as best I can with where we've been for months, today we go to the opening passage of the gospel of Matthew for Christmas. Matthew begins his account of the birth of Jesus Christ with his genealogy. And you notice right in verse 1, Matthew says that Jesus was the son of David, the son of Abraham. And he traces Jesus' family tree through the line of King David. So Matthew right off the bat sets the tone for the birth of Jesus, and his life, death, and resurrection. And the theme that runs through it all is that Jesus is the son of David. Now, there's a lot in this genealogy we will not look at today, but for now, let's think about Jesus, the son of David. First in this passage, we see that God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. Look at verse one. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Two of the biggest promises in the Bible, in the history of the world, are fulfilled in this one verse, in the coming of Jesus Christ into the world. The promise to Abraham. And the promise to David. First, the promise to Abraham. Don't turn, I'll have you turning some later. But Genesis 12. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your Kindred in your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And then it goes on to say the Lord appeared to Abraham, Abram, and said to your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. God promised that he would bless the whole world through Abraham and through his offspring. He would bless all families of the earth, all nations through Abraham and his offspring. Well, Jesus is offspring of Abraham. He's the fulfillment of God's promise that He'll bless the whole world through Abraham and his son. Now, second promise was to David. Again, don't turn, but 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12. The Lord says to David, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, in other words, after David is dead, I will raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. David's offspring would reign on the throne forever. God has raised up the offspring, the son of David, and put him on the throne for all eternity. You see, all these promises converge in one person. Nearly 2,000 years had passed since God had made the promise to Abraham. Nearly 1,000 years had passed since David. The kingdom in that time had split and fallen and gone into exile and David had not had a descendant on the throne for nearly 600 years. But God kept his promise. in the birth of Jesus Christ. Lord does not get in a hurry as we measure time. But as John Newton said, when we've been there 10,000 years bright shining as the sun, we will have a better perspective on time. And we'll see that God always kept all his promises in just the right time. See, God keeps his promises. Secondly, you see that God has a purpose for history. He has a purpose for history. Look at verse 17. So all the generations from Abram, Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. Now, Matthew, in his genealogy of Jesus here, he gives an overview. He he traces the roots down to Abraham, but he does not list every single person on the way. There's nothing wrong with that. There are no errors in this. Son can also be used to signify a descendant. Now, Matthew purposely organized this genealogy this way. You see in verse 17 that Matthew arranged the genealogy of Jesus by three sets of 14 generations. A couple reasons why he did that. One is simply it's easy to remember. Easier to memorize. But there's another thing. The ancient Hebrews added up the number of their names. Now think of your name. Think of where each letter of your name comes in the alphabet and then add it up. Let's pick a simple, easy name. Let's pick Jim, J, 10th letter of our alphabet, I, 9th letter of our alphabet, M, 13th letter, 10 plus 9 plus 13 is 32. The number of Jim, the numeric value of the name Jim is 32. Well, if you add up the letters of David as they correspond to the ancient Hebrew alphabet, and we don't need a Hebrew lesson, things like uh, they didn't have uh, vowels in the ancient Hebrew alphabet, so it was just D, V, D, as we say, or as they would have said, something like Dalet, Bob, Dalet. And that what we think is V is the end of the, our alphabet was the sixth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And D was the fourth letter. I hope you have taking notes on all this. But if you add it all up, you get what? You guessed it, 14. David, the name David, is written across this genealogy of Jesus Christ from beginning to end. You see, Matthew arranged it this way to teach us a lesson. And it is that God is working throughout all history, all these hundreds and even thousands of years, to accomplish his purposes and establish his kingdom. Maybe to make some sense of this. You've seen the great marble statue of David that Michelangelo sculpted. You think how he took what was a big chunk of marble and he began to chip away at it as only the greatest sculptor of all time could have done. And out of that chunk of marble He brought one of the greatest works of art in all the history of the world. People from all corners of the earth have traveled to see this sculpture. And Matthew is showing us God carving out his purposes in the history of this world. Now notice that the final set of this genealogy, the third set of 14, it's bounded by two things. The Babylonian captivity and the birth of Jesus. The Babylonian captivity. That's when the nation fell. When the temple was destroyed, the Davidic kingship For all practical purposes came to an end. The people were carried away captive out of the promised land. And even then, by the rivers of Babylon where they sat and wept, when all hope appeared lost, humanly speaking, God was still working his exact purposes out just as he had planned to accomplish them. You know, to us, it seems like the world is spinning out of control. All this year, sheer chaos, it seems to us. And now, they've approved the vaccine, multiple vaccines, and now the election is over. And the things that have been so chaotic all year, things are now even more chaotic than they've been. Now that it's supposedly settled or on the way to be. But God is working out his purposes. And that purpose is the son of David. You know Hebrews 12 tells us that God shakes down the heavens and the earth that the things that aren't lasting would crumble and fall away and those things which are eternal would remain and it says we have a kingdom that cannot be shaken. See, the the image of, of all the other nations of the world, all the kingdoms of the world being shaken down, chiseled like Michelangelo chipping away at that chunk of marble until only the kingdom of God remains, the eternal kingdom that cannot be shaken. Him says God is working his purposes out As year succeeds to year, God is working his purpose out and the time is drawing near, nearer, and nearer draws the time, the time that shall surely be when the earth shall be filled with the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. That's God's purpose for all of history and he's working it out. So we see God keeps his promise He has a purpose for all history. And thirdly, and finally in this passage, we see that Jesus is the king. Jesus is the king. Look at verse one again. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now look at verse 16. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. Now you notice there in verse 16, It says that Jesus was born of Mary and her husband was Joseph. Well, that's because of virgin birth. It says it that way. He was born of Mary. But Mary's husband was Joseph. And because he did not cast Mary away but took her as his wife, Joseph became the legal father of Jesus, the legal human father of Jesus, though Jesus was born of a virgin. Now you may know there are two genealogies of Jesus in the Bible. There's this one here in Matthew and then Luke gives us one. And you may be aware that Luke's genealogy is different from Matthew's genealogy. And there are various explanations, but what makes the most sense is that Luke traces the actual family lines of Jesus, and Matthew here traces, in this genealogy, the line of succession to the throne of David. Do you realize that Joseph, the humble carpenter from Nazareth, if things hadn't fallen apart by 600 years earlier, he was the rightful king, the rightful heir to the throne of Israel. He was the legal father of Jesus. And that makes Jesus the proper heir to the throne of David. Jesus is a king. Jesus was born to be a king. Now, turn a few pages to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 and look at verse 27. Matthew 9:27. As Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him crying aloud, "Have mercy on us, Son of David." When he entered the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, be it done to you. You see it, have mercy on us, son of David. These blind beggars cry out, The son of David has come. The king has come. And though these men were blind, they could see. They could see something in their hearts. They could see that the king had come to show mercy. He came because we need mercy. We are all blind beggars. We are all sinners. And he came. The eternal son of God, the eternal king, became the human son of God And a human king, while remaining everything he already was, he became man so he could do what God could not do. Now, we're still tracing out what Matthew has to say to us, so let's go ahead a few more pages to Matthew 27. Matthew twenty seven and look at verse thirty five Matthew twenty seven thirty five And when they had crucified him They divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him which read, This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. He came to die. And Matthew highlights the message on the sign over Jesus' head. The king, the king came to die. The son of David received justice so that he could give us mercy. Now can you see as well as these two blind beggars. Have you cried out to the king of glory, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That's why he came. But we can't leave him there. In his resurrection, all power, all authority was given to the rightful king. What does he say? Go to all nations. Matthew begins the first word is Jesus, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And God had told Abraham so long ago, I will bless all the families, all the nations of the world. Through you, all nations will be blessed. That's the first word of Matthew. And the last word of Matthew, the son of David, the son of Abraham, says, Go to all nations. That's why we're here. To declare to this nation, to this community where God has put us, to declare to you that there is a king and he has all authority and power. His name is Jesus. And you need his mercy. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, amen.